Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with Rave. Review. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up Show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. J.C. Sherbert of the Big Spur, he joins us once again. J.C., what's going on, my friend? How are you? Hey, good to be with you today. Uh, glad everybody's internet's working well. Um, <laughs> certainly... Uh, been a busy morning on my end. We had um, mm-hmm. Shane Beamer on uh, JC and Morgan for a, a nice interview and then had the show and then I had some internet issues and I popped out on the show like late and uh, just got those results. So glad to be back with you. Mm-hmm. 
Well, JC, again, man, I appreciate you taking the time and glad we're able to chat. Obviously, I hated it last week. We couldn't uh, we couldn't chat until Thursday on Inside the Gamecocks, which I look forward on going to again later this week. But uh, let's start there, man. You mentioned I saw this morning, JC and Morgan, you guys had Shane Beamer on the airwaves and obviously highly encourage everyone that's hearing the sound of my voice or tuned in live right now to go check that out. But can you give us any highlights of what Shane Beamer had to say uh, to you and uh, Mike Morgan yeah. as well? Yeah, you know, this is the second time he's come on with us. And, of course, he he knew remembers Mike from when he was here and stuff. Mike kind of set it up. But he called me yesterday. He's like, Shane's coming on tomorrow. I'm like, Shane who? <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, wow, okay. But, no, um, it was a great conversation. You know, uh, one of the things I thought that was interesting was he said he just got out of a meeting with Lonnie Teasley and Greg Atkins about the offensive line. And, and that's just such a critical position. And, you know, I think they went over – right here before camp, you know, who's going to be trained where, that kind of thing. Uh, of course, a lot of it's kind of trial and error uh, at that particular position, and then you have to gel and all that. Um, I did get a chance to ask him about Jackson Hughes and Nene Menzel, the two walk-ons from uh, Mercer and Charlotte. These aren't really your typical walk-ons, Chris. I mean, these guys have played a lot of college football. It's just been at the uh, non-Power 5 level. Um, you're talking about two starters. Uh, Manziel's an in-state kid from Pendleton um, up there in the what they, what they call it, the Golden Triangle up there in that area. Uh, where Brad Johnson was from there, but um, you, you know, and then Hughes was a starter at left tackle for Charlotte. So I, I think those guys can can help fill some gaps um, on the offensive line. Uh, it wouldn't shock me to see one of them start, especially Hughes. Uh, it, I think it all kind of depends on Tyshawn Wanamaker. And what kind of fall camp he has and, and Ja'Kai Moore and, and, and kind of how they piece it together. But, uh, you know, I, I think those two are going to give them some flexibility, um, you know, without having to go and play freshmen that aren't ready. Now, mm-hmm. freshmen, I do, I, do, I do think Marquis Anderson and Trovon Ball will play uh, this year or will be in the two deep at some point. Um, so he said that, you know, he, he kind of reiterated too about the Clemson game last year and how that was such a good turning point in the program because – um, and I pointed this out and he, he corrected me because I forgot about the Auburn game in 2021. Really, in the Beamer era, there's only been like three times where Carolina didn't get off to such a good start and then they came back and won. One was East Carolina, which uh, Coach Beamer always points to as a as a turning point, you know, pulling that one out. The second one was Auburn in 2021. And then, of course, Clemson last year, the biggest stage of them all. Uh, to, to do that and to respond like they did against a team that's rubbed their nose in it for that long, uh, when they could have easily just said, as Beamer said, oh, well, we beat Tennessee, so we're good, that that shows you something. And I, and I think that that win probably went a much further way in terms of belief than, than a night like Tennessee where everything just goes right, right? Mm-hmm. That Clemson game, everything went wrong, and you still pulled it out and won, and you know, that's kind of – that's what separates winners and losers in this game is, is, is like, who deals with adversity the best? And and I think just from a program standpoint, you can even tell against Notre Dame, as shorthanded as Gamecocks were, how confident they played uh, in, in that contest. So, uh, I think that – you know, I think everybody's going to point to Tennessee as being a turning point if this thing turns and goes in a great direction. Um, I think it's already turned. It's just a matter of heading in the right, right direction. But – uh, something tells me that Clemson game may be a lot more important just because of how it unfolded than, than maybe people think. 
Certainly, J.C. could serve as the springboard going into the 2023 season. J.C., side note, did he mention anything about when fall camp will begin? I'm assuming next week. Uh, did he mention players report, fall camp, any, or do you have any now, I'm told. I'm told they probably get a date on that tomorrow at the birdies. The, they're having, they have this thing with the media called birdies with Beamer. Mm. And they play, they got to play golf. It's the media golf out. They yeah. have it every year. Yeah. Did Will Muschamp, I think Will Muschamp had it too. Did Will Muschamp have a golf tournament? Mulligans with Maybe Muschamp? Not, right? I, I don't know. I don't know if he did. Mulligans with Muschamp? I don't know. <laughs> Boom. Uh, <laughs> he probably had a long drive contest, bo- bo- right? Bogey, bogeys with Boom? I don't know. Bogeys with boom, you know, but nah, he probably, he probably got, they probably just saw one on the driving range and pounded Miller light and see, I see how yeah. far they can hit it. Yeah. But, uh, true. no, I don't, I don't remember if Will had it or not. Maybe Will did and, but he didn't play. I don't know, but I know Spurrier wouldn't have missed it. Uh, and Beamer now is doing his third year. So I, most of the time they, the John Whittle and Hale and those guys that are actually on the ground covered it for me, they, they get that information then, but I, I'm assuming it's going to be around, let's see. Monday is August 7th. I bet they report maybe even have like a Friday practice and then mm. come back and it gets rolling the 7th. So I'm going to be in Columbia the 7th anyway, so maybe that's why I'm thinking that. But it's, gotcha. uh, that's the deal. So let's stick with Beamer, JC, and talk a little SEC media days. Your thoughts on what Coach Beamer had to say. I mean, of course, at these events, I mean, you're not going to – you know, probably draw any hard conclusions, and I was mentioning this as well, that, you know, when you follow the Gamecocks or whatever team it is as closely as we do, that he he's not going to say anything that we probably have not heard yet. The big thing to me, J.C., that, you know, Shane Beamer mentioned was just the amount of new players on this roster, 38 new players from the end of last season, mentioned that freshmen are going to play at every single position. So that was something that sort of jumped out at me. But anything you, you know, major takeaways from SEC Media Days, whether it was Shane Beamer, Spencer Rattler, Kai Kroger, Tonka, anyway, Hemingway, anything that stood out to you from the Gamecocks at, uh, at Media Days in Nashville? I thought Spencer Rattler was pretty focused and uh, seemed like he was – had a pretty serious demeanor uh, about him. And, you know, I, I kind of feel for the kid because uh, I, I think it's one of the most unfair things human beings do now that we have all this technology is continue to stay stuck in the past or people's past, or, you know, nobody can ever make a mistake. And, and, and that stuff kind of just follows you around. And, you know, it, it, it's nothing against the media. They have to ask it, but you know, that kind of stuff just followed him you know, in Oklahoma, this, that, and the other. And, you know, he's a different person now. And I, and I thought he was very dialed in. Um, I, I thought, you know, Kai Kroger obviously is a punter and it's neat to talk to a punter sometimes. And then talking Hemingway was really honest about things and stuff. But, uh, you know, as far as, as far as Spencer goes, you know, I thought, I thought he did a good job. Uh, I think Shane, you know, very enthusiastic. Uh, the media likes talking to him, hearing him, you know, talk about things and stuff, asking him questions. But, uh, I did think he got one of the worst questions in the whole event when somebody that covers, I think Georgia decided to continue to make an issue out of the fact the guy has never been an offensive or defensive coordinator. And I thought Shane handled it well by saying, well, I'm a special teams coordinator or whatever. I mean, you know, somebody, the list keeps growing of great coaches that were never offensive or defensive coordinators, Lou Holtz, urban Meyer, uh, people, Gamecock fans will remember the late, great Joe Morrison, mm-hmm. never an OC or DC. John Harbaugh, who won a Super Bowl, <laughs> never been an OC or DC. I mean, you know, it, it's just it, being a head coach is a different job. And, you know, I, I don't even know why 
I mean, you know, you, you can look at the guys that are really great coordinators that are horrible head coaches, you know, so I don't know why the job, uh, you know, your entire, you know, you, you conflate one to the other, but uh, uh, people still want to make an issue that are complete morons. And, and I, I can't even believe that that was a, that was something that was posed to him. I think it's insulting and, 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 and not fair and, and, and just dumb, irrelevant. I mean, how is that possibly relevant when you're going into year three? Yeah, some of the questions, JC, were questionable. And there's obviously a lot of pressure when you ask a question to a coach sure. at SDC. That's I tried to keep it all football. I mean, I just like you're great, I, man. To me, to me, like what I hated, what I hated was, for example, Lane Kiffin's in the big room. I get it. People are trying to get their stories. They want to talk about NIL. And they got him because he had a lot to say about the issue. But I'm sitting there like, hey, why not talk about the quarterback room? Let's talk about Quinshawn Judkins. Let's talk about the actual football team, but you know, it, it's it's an event for media to get whatever story they need or whatever mm. soundbite they need or what, which it's fine. It is what it is. But um, I thought to you know echo your point. I thought that question was also absurd. But uh, I thought like, Beamer, yeah. yeah, thought Beamer handled it well and thought it was great at the podium. You know, the other thing, JC, that that really stood out to me is uh, you know hearing him talk about DK Joiner. I, I I really you know it, it's it's funny like we. You and I, you've been coming on the show for a while now, so we've been following this storyline from the jump. There were rumblings about him moving to running back, and then it's like, oh, well, he's getting reps at running back, and and then you saw him in the spring game, and then it's like, and there's rumblings of, oh, well, I think he's probably going to be RB1. And then hearing Shane Beamer talk about him, I'm like, DeCarrion Joyner is going to be a focal point of this offense. Unless he's just just blowing smoke, like, DeCarrion Joyner is going to be a big part of what they do offensively this year. I think so, and I think – I think that I can see it, you know, I mean, sometimes, sometimes, you know, football is based on a range of scenarios, right. You know, and, and, and that's how I kind of look at it. And if this, then this, or if this, or if that, um, it's all a bunch of ifs and, 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 you know, so you don't want to sit there and say, I'm not going to sit there and predict a thousand yards rushing for to carry on this year. Could it happen? I think so. You know, I, I think he's got to work on some things and, you know, kind of get some confidence going, but I think he's capable uh, of doing that. Um, same time, I'm not going to say he's not going to factor and, and be less than a hundred yards rushing. I, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's one of those things where it's kind of the answer is probably somewhere along those points, but I'll say this. Sometimes you can't see it. Sometimes you look at a guy and, you know, like, okay, DL Moore, right. Spurrier error wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Steve Spurrier Jr. loved that guy and, and started him until the day he got kicked off the team for drugs. <laughs> and I thought he was god-awful. I thought he looked like Edward Scissorhands out there trying to catch the football. Uh, he was just tall. And he did catch one pass against Georgia and, and ran it and almost scored. And congrats to him. But, you know, I'm like – and I was kind of wondering, why did you go get a kid from Kentucky to play receiver – when Kentucky and Louisville didn't want him. There's nobody in Kentucky. What, what are you doing? And sure enough, I was right. But I just didn't see it. Uh, with like the carry-on, I see it. I, I see like, oh, here, all right, 230 pounds. He runs with good pad level. He's physical. He always makes the first guy miss. It's just a matter of going from quarterback to kind of running back, right, and taking the handoff, which is different. But that's uh, – I, I can see it with him and all. Now, that's not to say trust me. Because I've seen it with certain guys and they don't pan out, and I haven't seen it with others and they do. So 
Uh, it's all subjective, but yeah, I definitely see it with, with the carry on as far as how he could be a really good running back. JC, before we get off of it, any other SEC media day takeaways, uh, you know, the preseason all SEC team, I would like to point out, by the way, I voted Nick Eamon Worry on my first team all SEC team at the safety position. So it's not my fault. He wasn't included on any of the three, which I thought was just insane. I thought it was insane. I also voted Juice Wells first team wide receiver. Listen, Lab McConkey, he's a he's a nice player, man, but he ain't better than Juice Wells. I don't give a damn what team he's on, what those I, I don't care. Uh and the Gamecocks picked third in the SEC East, which uh, the media and I agreed. I had the Gamecocks third as well. Any takeaways from that? You know, I'm not going to go as far as some and say that it's like a complete joke now and, you know, it's turning into a clown show, whatever, which is a fair opinion. I mean, five, eight people voted for Vandy to win the SEC East, five voted for them to win the SEC title. So, I mean, I get it. Yeah. But um, any takeaways from just anything else? It doesn't have to be that, but anything else that stood out from SEC media days? Yeah, then that Vandy vote stuff, stuff like that happens every year and and, and media days. And I, I, I certainly think this year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Here, a lot of folks that went, especially from our market, Chris, including yourself, got a lot out of it. Uh, I didn't hear the normal rumblings and complainings of having to go up there uh, this year. I, I think it's a great event uh, for people that, that know how to get in there and produce content and ask questions. Uh, and I also think it's a great event for like broadcast for like radio, mm -hmm. um, which is probably what's going to lead me to go into it again. <laughs> uh, I, I thought I'd paid my penance for that, but because, uh, you know, I just go and write, but you know, it's a, uh, it, it's a good event. And um, you know, I, I think, I think that that stuff like those votes for Vandy that, that happens every single year. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, there's somebody that votes, you know, some crazy team number one or whatever. And, and it's just, uh, I, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I did think it was a big of a deal uh, to not even have Nick him and Warrior on the third team. I think that screams a little bit about the media, you know, because I, I don't know if the coaches' preseasons come out yet or not, Chris. But I couldn't imagine him not being on there. So, yeah, that's uh, that was a little bit nutty, in my opinion. You know that, that he didn't make it. So that, if I had a gripe, it would be 
it would probably be those those types of individual selections which impact individual guys that work very hard. Mm-hmm. Now, JC, let's talk recruiting. I feel like that's the hot topic right now. You know, Dante Reno mentioned at the beginning of this month that July is going to be a huge month. Just wait and see. JC, we have six days left. And there's a big cookout this weekend, by the way. So, welcome homes could be on the way. You know, we'll start with the cookout. I, I want to get to specific players because I'm getting a lot of questions. Ask him about this guy. Ask him about that guy. But uh, sure. the cookout as a whole, the importance of this weekend, every school has one, it seems. And I, it's it's when you zoom out, it's it's kind of funny, honestly, to, like, look at fans. This guy's going to that cookout. This guy's coming to our cookout. But – it does feel like if you get a guy at your cookout, as funny as it sounds, you have a really good shot of landing him. Just talk about the importance of the weekend. Who are some of the top prospects? I think Dylan Stewart, obviously, is one of them. But who are the top guys that are on campus that you would say are the most notable that will be attending the cookout? Well, I think for 2024, it's obviously going to be Dylan Stewart and the Jalewis Solomon. Uh, if somehow they can get Taylor back on campus, great. I'd I don't feel too great about that one, that one right there right now, but that seems to change by the hour. And then Daniel Hill, the four-star running back from Meridian, Mississippi, from from what my contacts tell me, Chris, it, you know, with the others, they would feel like really crappy if they didn't show up for the cookout. With Hill, not so much because he's halfway across the country almost. So they 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 they, they still feel pretty confident about him. Uh, but uh, you know, Jalewis Solomon and Dylan Stewart. I mean, coffee's for closers, man. You got to always be closing uh, if you're recruiting, and getting these two guys in the boat. Those those are the those are the ones. And so, mm. you know, if they can get those guys, uh, I, I think the other two, Hill and and Paler, um, the Gamecocks can at least split. And if they don't get them, they don't get them. But uh, with Stewart and Solomon, both, I think they're first up at deck, uh, first up at bat. Uh, one's up at bat, one's on deck, whatever whatever baseball analogy you want to use uh, as far as guys that they can seal the deal with this weekend. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'll ask you this, JC. Do, do you see some welcome homes following or, or, or falling soon? Because, I mean, the fact of the matter is this. It, it has been quite a while since South Carolina has secured a blue-chip commitment. I mean, it feels like it's been forever, like end of May or something. Like, it's been a – which is not characteristic, I'll say, of – of Shane Beamer and what he's done in recruiting. So, I mean, do you think it's a situation of, again, the the timing just hasn't aligned to where, like, because the, the view is this. South Carolina started red hot. I mean, as hot as anybody in the country. And as you know, you know as well as I do, it is agonizing for Gamecock fans to watch the arch rivals pick up commitments and to move on up those rankings. And South Carolina just keeps on moving down those. I mean, Gamecocks yeah. are, what, like 20th now, 22nd? So, I mean, is is there yeah. relief on the way? Like, I mean, what what's the deal? I think so. I, number one, don't pay any. I mean, I, I understand that. You know, like that's why people argue about star ratings. They don't really care. They just want to rub it in the face of their Clemson buddy. We got this four star. You know, whatever. It, it's it's the vernacular. It's the language. It's how you talk about recruiting, and that's uh, that's fine, man. I wouldn't have a job if people weren't passionate about that, but. It really normally doesn't have a dang thing to do with how good your class is or not. It really normally just is something for you know fans to kind of follow and look at progress uh, and things like that. So uh, I don't think this is anything that you know a, a couple of the commitments from these four guys won't solve quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think 
the other part of it is South Carolina got off to such a hot start this year. And I told people this, um, those that really understand recruiting that aren't just staring at the 59, 52 ranking or whatever, uh, you know, I, I think at Carolina been waiting on Wendell Gregory and Michael Smith and, um, you know, and, and, and Josiah Thompson and Cam Pringle, and they got all four of them. They have huge recruiting momentum right now, right. but those guys already committed in January and February. So they're not on the board. So you're kind of going fishing in a different pond. So I, I think, you know, I think that uh, at the end of the day, you know, when, when you kind of look at it, it, a timing is a big deal, but sure. I'd love to see them get a, a, a commitment, especially when you see Georgia and everybody else bringing in guys right now. Mm-hmm. And to your point, JC, what really matters at the end of the day is how your class looks when you get to December and it's signing day. That That's, that's what's most important. Um, let me ask you about King Joseph Edwards. There's been some chatter about him. He dropped his top eight, I assume. South Carolina's in that. But been a lot of conversation. Apparently, I you know, I, I was told that, you know, you guys on your show were talking about him or, and, and his status with the Gamecock. What's, what's the latest? Because I think King Joseph Edwards was a guy that fans were excited about the potential of getting. And, you know, now there's some – there's some uh, conflicting reports or whatever. Well, what's the status? I need to I need to really like nail one of my contacts down on this because mm-hmm. I'm going off of it through. I don't want to say secondhand information, but information from someone who should know. So it's your job to know. Um, the, the Carolina's not really all that interested in him. Doesn't have he doesn't have film, uh, whatever. I, I'll tell you this: if don't, don't right, number one, nobody out there needs to assume he's a take for the Gamecocks or anybody else. Okay. Don't assume that. Don't assume he's not. But, you know, I, I also think that, you know, when you kind of dig into it, this is a guy with not a lot of film at all. This is a guy that's just kind of out there, looks the part, um, but may not play like it. So uh, it is a heavy risk to take him. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're anybody now, if, if you're Carolina, you say, well, you know, we're striking out with all these guys. We'll take them for momentum purposes. That's been done before. Uh, and then you just coach him up, you know, you coach mm-hmm. him up, but he's, he's probably not, he's probably way more of a name than a player, uh, at this point, just because I think a lot of schools have kind of, you know, backed off or would not take, you know, a committable a commitment from him at this point. So, uh, would Carolina, I don't want to sit there and shut that completely down. Uh, but I doubt it, and, I, and I'm going to follow up with that this afternoon. JC, let me move to a question that our own Austin Gregory in our Discord posed. He said, Chris, can you ask JC about Jonathan Paler? Curious if the lead shift is due to a genuine push by NC State or if it's an NIL proposal. What can you say on the recruitment of Jonathan Paler? Obviously, that's one of the priority targets for South Carolina. Well, I mean – they're one and the same, you know, NIL is part of the recruiting now. So they're, yeah, they're making a push and they're making a push with NIL, you know? So uh, I, I think that has put NC state in good position. I, you know, this one could go either way, most likely. Um, but it's way, way tighter than the game coaching staff would ever have wanted it to be. Uh, and there is a legitimate realistic chance they lose him. Um, in fact, it, it wouldn't surprise me at this point. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what happened there. That, that's a tough pill to swallow because that was kind of one of South Carolina's tickets back in the state of North Carolina, getting a four-star guy from Burlington. Uh, and, and State's just coming there and, you know, made some deals with him and uh, has him thinking, uh, you know, maybe staying closer to home. So, 
we'll see what happens with that. We'll continue to track it. But right now, I'd, I'd be lying if I said it looks great for the Gamecocks. JC, going to be a really interesting next week or so, especially like this weekend. Like you said, I know you guys will be hard at work tracking the the cookout and the, you know, the commitments. And let me ask you this, too, sticking with recruiting, and then I got one more thing for you. How important do you think flipping players is going to be this cycle for South Carolina? Because I feel like that happens – you know, it depends on the cycle. That's not always the case. But do you feel like South Carolina, we see all like the the flip season tweets and everything. I mean, a guy commits and I see Dante Reno tweet flip season. Flip the season. Right, right. So, I mean, do you feel like that's going to play a big factor in what South Carolina does in the 2024 cycle? It could. Uh, it, and it kind of depends on, you know, and, and I told my folks on the bigspur.com this, I was like, because everybody wants a cookie cutter answer to recruiting success or, or not recruiting success. And, and it's never, number one, it's never just one thing. It's usually a primary thing and other factors. So everybody's like, well, what about, you know, NIL, getting more NIL money together, NIL's killing it. And, you know, well, not everything's NIL. And so then the other people that that want to blame the, you know, just straight up blame the coaches that don't, they, they think, you know, NIL is something that doesn't even exist, <laughs> you know, they're, they're going to take another route on it. Um, you know, if, if you say something else, but it's usually, you know, a couple of things uh, combined there, uh, you know, but that said with the flip, you, you, you know, it depends on why they ultimately did it. I mean, if you ultimately committed to NC state because of money, that money's not going to change. You know, you probably already started spending some of that money, not saying that they did, not saying that they didn't, but they probably tried to strap me. So, so, so like it makes it harder to flip you. Uh, same thing with Adams and Virginia Tech, considering it's the home team. And then, then you have the whole thing what, with, you know, Jonathan Paylor, if he commits, you know, to NC State, you know, he sat there and told you his, like for a year, you were his leader and told everybody you were his leader. And uh, then just went back on it at the last minute. Is, is that somebody you really want in your football program? So, you know that that's kind of those are kind of the decisions and discussions I think that uh, that they'll take in place when they're talking about maybe going and flipping flipping a player. I you know um, my guess would be based on the feedback is Adams maybe uh, if uh, yeah if 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 he would come into play or something, but maybe not Paler uh, if that was the case. JC, I don't know if you noticed, but the dog's curious to hear what you have to say. So he's just kind of no, taking, he taking over the live here. He was, he was <laughs> kinda, he's creeping right here in the bottom of the screen. JC, nice. share for the big spur. Last thing, JC, college game day is headed to Charlotte, North Carolina. Your thoughts on that? Obviously, it's fantastic exposure to the Gamecocks football program. And, you know, I think when you look at the week one slate and the games that are on Saturday, obviously we get LSU, Florida State, but that's on Sunday I think when you look at the matchup, the quarterback matchup, what's on the line, a pair of top 25 teams most likely, I think it made sense that College Game Day will be attending this game. And, of course, Charlotte will put on a great show. But your thoughts on just what it means for the South kind of program, the exposure, and, of course, the game itself. Well, it was the first time since 2013 the game guys have been on game day. I think North, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Charlotte – having that type of pregame atmosphere and having it a night game and, and, a, and a border battle and all that is probably what everybody envisioned when they, when they decided to do this. Uh, instead, we got 5.30 kickoffs on a Thursday night. You know, you got a scorching red hot, uh, you know, stadium for, for two of them with North Carolina. I mean, it just, you know, I think it works at night. I think it works with game day. and I, I think it's a good thing to be showcased because 
you know, it's the Battle of the Carolinas in Charlotte. So uh, overwhelmingly positive for the program. I just need to find, you know, some people to, to get some some flags together for me to go out there and fly them uh, during the show. Uh, but I, I do think that it's uh, it, it's a tremendous, tremendous opportunity uh, because of just the, the you know, spotlight that's on your team uh, in that first week where the spotlight is on the sport, perhaps more than any other weekend out of the year. J.C. Sherbert of the Big Spur joins us every single Tuesday. J.C., appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Looking forward to chatting with you guys on Inside the Gamecocks on Thursday. Take care. Yeah, looking forward to it, Chris. Take care, man. Uh, congrats on all the great coverage for Media Days, man. You did a great job, and uh, looking forward to talking to you on Thursday. I appreciate y'all, man. Thank you, J.C. Appreciate the kind words. Thanks. you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.